Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast at For All Our Kids. How have you been? We hope you're all at home, safe, and healthy. These are difficult times, and waiting is very, very hard. But at this moment, this is what we need to do. Today is the eighth story in the Vikram and Betal series. We hope you have been enjoying our stories. If you have, please let us know with a comment. Now, to the story. The Enchanted Forest Muddy water splashed on King Vikramaditya's clothes. His feet were soaked. But there was no escaping the downpour of the monsoon. Vikramaditya shielded his eyes with one hand while he reached for the corpse with the other. Everything around him was wet, even the corpse. But Vikrama did not recoil from the distasteful touch. He slung the corpse over his shoulder and stepped down to the ground gingerly. Flashes of lightning lit up the raindrops like diamonds, only to let the dark blanket the night again. For a while, Vikrama heard nothing but the steady fall of raindrops. He waited patiently and was not disappointed when the vampire in the corpse began. I have to give it to you, O king. Your sense of adventure is impressive. But are you one who knows how to combine bravery and courage with common sense? Let me tell you the story of someone who didn't know the difference. Raji and Latha were two friends. They had been friends from childhood. Like most childhood friends, they knew almost everything about each other and still supported one another. Raji was older and always kept an eye on Latha. Raji's cousin Sudha did not like Latha. She felt that Raji spent too much time with her friend. Raji was quite kind. She was considerate towards Sudha too, but Sudha was just too insecure. As they grew older, Latha noticed Sudha's insecurity. I don't want to cause any trouble, especially within family members, she thought to herself, and began to meet Raji away from her home to avoid Sudha. As the friends grew older, they began to work on their family farms. Raji's farm was larger and she was a more experienced farmer because she had worked side by side with her father. She helped Latha quite a bit, teaching her all that she had learned. One day, towards the beginning of the planting season, Raji went out to meet Latha. She knew something was wrong as soon as she saw her friend. Her friend had dark circles under her eyes and her smile seemed forced. What's the matter? Raji asked. Latha unburdened herself to her friend. The planting season will start soon, Raji, but I do not have enough money to buy the grains to grow paddy seedlings. My family needed more money this year and now I'm really worried. Please, let me help. Raji rubbed her friend's shoulder. I can give you money or grains, whichever is right for you, 
Latha agreed to take some grains from Raji. Now Sudha heard about her cousin's offer to help Latha. Looking at her, you wouldn't have known that she burned with jealousy. Let me take the grain for Latha. She must be so worried, she said softly, as she helped Raji bag some grains. Raji should not have been so trusting, but she wanted to believe that her younger cousin was actually a kind soul. She left Sudha to finish bagging, thinking that she would take the grains to Latha. But Sudha was too sneaky. She poured the grains out and ducked into the granary where they stored boiled rice grains. She filled the bag with boiled rice and dropped it at Latha's helm. Latha saw the bag and wondered at the boiled rice. But in all that, there was one uncooked rice grain. Raji knows more about farming. She must have had a good reason to give me this bag of rice. I will sow these grains and see what happens. Naturally, nothing grew from the boiled rice grains. But that lone grain grew a tall grass, taller than any other paddy Latha had ever seen. It was as tall as a tree. She tended to the plant as carefully as she would a whole field of paddy. If the plant was that big, can the paddy ear be ordinary? Of course not. The grains in that one paddy ear were big enough to feed the whole town. Latha gaped at the ear, but felt a deep sense of satisfaction. I have been worried ever since I opened the bag to see boiled rice. Had my friend tired of me? Was she making fun of me somehow? But I needn't have been concerned. My friend had good reason to give me that bag of rice. The paddy ear will feed the whole town. She smiled at the thought and reached out to touch it, only to see a shadow fall on her face and a loud snap thunder above her. Her head jerked up and she jumped out of the way of a tumbling blade of grass. An enormous bird held the paddy ear in its beak. A rush of wind blew Latha's hair as the bird flapped its gigantic wings and rose to the sky. Stop! That's mine! Stop! Give it back now! The wind carried Latha's voice to the bird's ears. It turned towards the noise and saw something small with flailing arms running after it. So the bird descended to take a closer look. The bird and Latha stopped and stared at each other on the riverbank. The bird peered at Latha. Do you mean to tell me that you've been chasing me for this one year of rice? Is it that precious to you? Well, in that case, let me give you something that humans consider more precious. That'll clear my debt, and I can eat the rice and you will get something in return. It will be a fair exchange. Grass as tall as the tree, a paddy ear that'll feed a whole town, a bird that talks and promises me precious things. Raji has a lot of explaining to do. Latha pinched herself. Come along then, climb onto my back. 
I will take you to an enchanted forest that can be seen by only us birds. Gold, silver, and lots of precious gems that you humans like so much grow on the trees in that forest. I will take you to the forest so that you can pick some for yourself, but there are a couple of conditions. You can take whatever you want from the forest, but make sure you don't make the load very heavy. Otherwise, I won't be able to fly you out of there. Secondly, we must leave before sunrise. The forest has a spell that once we enter it, we must leave by sunrise the next morning. Otherwise, we'll be stuck there. I can fly out only a year later on the same day. If you're not ready before sunrise, I will leave without you. Latha blinked. The journey held danger, but the promise of great rewards at the end of the adventure was so tempting. After some moments of indecision, she hopped on the bird's back and wrapped her arms around its neck. The bird needed no other encouragement. It rose in the air gracefully. Latha's breath escaped slowly, and she felt her body relax. She peeked through her lashes. It was as if a blue sari had been thrown all around her. Fluffy wisps of clouds hung low and mingled with her flying hair. Tilting her cheek down, Latha stared at the land racing past. She marveled at all this. Would anyone believe me if I told them about this? Why should they? I can't believe this myself. At a distance, she could make out a shimmering haze coming from the middle of a forest. Latha's heart beat as loud as the flaps of the wings on either side of her. They were descending. Plop! They slipped through something sticky and rubbery. There was no haze on the other side of it. Instead, small trees, tall trees, thin trees, fat trees, glowed all around them. Fruits with muted lights hung from these trees. Latha reached for the nearest fruit. What is this blue light that shines from the seed? She squashed the fruit and out popped a sapphire. The adjacent tree had fruits which shone green. Curious, Latha crawled over the branch and picked one. Sure enough, when she squashed it, out came an emerald. Latha sprang from tree to tree, testing the fruits to see what secrets they held. Soon, she had enough gems to build a small pile. In all the excitement, Latha had almost forgotten the bird. It sat there watching and waiting. The bird's condition sprang to her mind. Much as she hated to leave this enchanting forest, Latha knew she had to. She didn't take the entire pile of gems either. I can't carry a heavy bag. She forced herself to take only a few large gems and nodded to the bird. It was the same evening when the bird dropped her near her farm. Half a day? That's all it was? It felt like a lifetime in that forest. Latha shook her head in amazement. 
She walked home to eat, rest, and plan for her future. That's right. The gems had changed her fortune. The next morning, Latha called for Raji. Raji heard her friend's story in silence. And then, she said, Latha, we have to keep this quiet. Otherwise, you will have unwanted visitors, all after your gems. I know what. Let's travel to the city to visit my brother. He will help us sell the gems there. We can use the money to expand your farm and plan on other ways to use it. That's exactly what the two friends did. Latha was rich now. While everyone in the village wondered at Latha's good fortune, there was one soul who wasn't happy. Sudha could not bear to think that the bag of rice she had given was the reason for Latha's prosperity. So what do you think she did? She went to the granary and made up a bag of boiled rice along with one uncooked grain. Sudha followed all that she had heard from Latha and took care of the one grass stalk that grew on her field. Taller and taller the grass grew until it was taller than all the trees in the town. Wider and wider the paddy ear grew until it was big enough to feed the entire town. Sudha built a tall and wide platform with sticks right next to the paddy ear. She lay on the platform and stared at the sky impatiently, waiting for the bird. When she saw the shape of flapping wings at a distance, Sudha ran and hugged the paddy ear. The bird swooped down, snapped the ear with the grains and rose to the sky. Hey, take me to the forest of gems. The bird almost opened its beak. Luckily for Sudha, it didn't. Instead, it flew down and dropped the paddy ear on the ground and peered at it. Who? What? Sudha interrupted. Take me to the forest of gems. You took my paddy ear. You owe me something in return. Take me to the forest of gems. She stomped her foot. Okay. These humans, they are strange, uttered the bird. Turning to Sudha, the bird laid out its two conditions. Keep it light and be prepared to leave before sunrise, it said. Of course, of course, I know all about that. I'm not stupid, Sudha said scornfully. Sometime later, the bird stayed perched on a wide tree branch. Sudha couldn't contain herself. She hopped and crushed every fruit that was in reach. But no matter how big the jam, she wasn't satisfied. I want to see what else there is. Wait for me here, she ordered and left. Deeper and deeper into the forest she wandered, and yet she couldn't make up her mind. Time passed and Sudha didn't appear. The bird was restless. If he couldn't fly out before sunrise, he would be stuck here. But he felt a responsibility for the human he had brought into the forest. He called out loudly, are you ready to go? It will be sunrise soon. Just a few more minutes. I haven't decided what I want to take with me. So the whined. The bird waited some more. And then orange fingers leapt out in the horizon. 
The bird could wait no more. I have to go now. Are you coming? It called out one last time. So there was nowhere to be seen. She had gone further away searching for the best gems. The bird left as it had promised to. Back at the village, Sudha's family was very worried. They looked for her everywhere. When they found the cutstock on the fields, Raji understood what had happened. But it was too late to do anything. Neither Latha nor Raji knew how to find the bird or the forest. As expected, the rest of the villagers were shocked. But after the shock came tears and then came the accusations. Sudha's family were upset at Latha. A few villagers had been envious of Latha's good fortune. They joined the bereaved family and accused Latha of using black magic to get rich quickly. She must have done something to Sudha because she wanted to keep the treasure for herself. The whispers made Latha's life unbearable. Everywhere she went, people stopped and stared at her. Some shopkeepers refused to sell their goods to her. A few months later, things got so bad, Raji was worried enough to call the chief and ask for a meeting. The entire town gathered under a people tree. Latha came alone, for she was afraid that her family would be bullied. The chief was direct. Latha, how did you manage to get rich so quickly? Latha told them about the bag of grains from Raji's house, the single uncooked grain in the bag, and the huge paddy ear. She finished with the bird carrying her back to the village. And then she talked about Sudha pestering her for the secret. That's not true. My daughter would not try to trick you by giving cooked grains, nor would my daughter ask you about the treasure. She is already rich. You have done something to her and are lying to cover it up. Sudha's family protested. Come to my field, everyone. I have such a paddy ear growing. As one, the whole crowd followed Raji to see the enormous paddy stalk and the ear at the top. Oh, so Latha was telling us the truth, murmured one villager. Even Sudha's own cousin doesn't think Latha is guilty. And now more and more people had doubts about Latha's guilt. Raji spoke up once again. I don't know what has happened to my cousin, and I am very worried for her. But I'm quite sure that Latha had nothing to do with her disappearance. I know the gems are real because I went with Latha to the city and helped her sell them there. As for my cousin, she was rich and she always competed with Latha. Now the crowd's mood turned. Even as a child, Sudha was greedy, muttered someone. She always hated Latha, remembered another. We can all see that it is possible to grow an enormous paddy stock. We don't know why Sudha has gone missing or how, but let no one spread rumors about Latha anymore. 
With that, the meeting ended and the villagers went home. The vampire spoke to Vikram. Vikrama, did Raji not care for her missing cousin after all? Is that why she secretly grew the huge paddy stalk? Or is it because she wanted to check if Latha spoke the truth? If Raji hadn't spoken up for her, Latha would have been in trouble. Raji didn't know what happened to Sudha either. Why did she then support Latha at the meeting? Speak if you know the answer. Otherwise, your head will shatter to tiny fragments. Vikrama answered. Raji knew that Sudha's family would want to find out what had happened to her. She also understood that no one would believe Latha if she talked about the magic forest and the gems. Raji believed her friend, and so she grew the giant paddy stalk to support her. Nobody knew what exactly happened to Sudha in the forest. People look for a scapegoat when things go wrong, instead of taking responsibility for their mistakes. That is what happened here. Everyone in the village knew Sudha's nature, yet they were quick to blame Lata. Sudha's family was grieving, but that didn't give them the right to make it Lata's fault. That is why Raji spoke up for Lata. It is not because she cared only for her friend and not for her cousin. It's because she believed that the wrong person should not be accused especially when there was no way of proving what had really happened. As soon as Vikram finished his answer, the vampire flew away. That is the end of our story today. What do you think, my friends? Do you accept responsibility for your mistakes? What do you think about making mistakes in the first place? It's okay, isn't it? We all make mistakes. It is impossible for us to be perfect. When we do make mistakes, we have to accept the responsibility for it. It's not someone else's fault. And if we accept that it was our fault, the next time we can correct ourselves. But if we don't accept our mistakes, we never learn to correct ourselves. Mistakes are an opportunity, an opportunity to learn something, an opportunity to relearn something, to do it correctly, or to make amends. So if you do make a mistake, that's okay. But do take responsibility for it. We hope you've enjoyed our story today. We'll see you again next week. Until then, Goodbye from all of us at For All Our Kids.